awesome. And I think that you took on human form because you loved us so much. What a gift. What a blessing. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for your love. And I thank you, Lord, for your great sacrifice. We are so undeserving, but you love us, Lord. We praise your awesome and holy name. Thank you for your gift. Be with Pastor Rick as he speaks with us today. Open our hearts and our minds to hear and receive your words. Lord, I am so thankful that, God, you sent us the peace, the peace of Jesus, Lord, so that we may have peace with you. We love you, Lord. In all these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If your church has been around long enough, they've probably got one of these hanging on their wall somewhere. It's a painting of a shepherd and a sheep. Well, lots of sheep. Uh, beautiful green pastures, still waters. It's quiet, it's peaceful. It, it's all of that. But have you ever tried to steer a sheep? All right, time for dinner. Come back. No, it's okay. You guys, wait. We're friends. Why do you run? Hey, don't get smart out with me, all right? All right, someone's getting the shears. And if I'm to be honest, sheep, they're dumb. I don't know if you've heard. No, they're just not as smart as other animals. No, they're dumb. Like walk off a cliff just because it's there, dumb. All right, do you want me to take you out to pasture? Because I will take you out to pasture. No, no, come back. Aaron, no, Aaron, over here, over here. Goodness gracious, they're just stubborn. Skittish, too. Fearful little things. Oh, don't be like that. Do you want me to get the shepherd's hook? Do you want me to get the shepherd's hook? Hey, hey, I'm the one that feeds you. Hey, don't ignore me. I think I get kids' ministry now. Fine. I love you. You ever wondered why Jesus called us a sheep? Kind of a bitter pill to swallow, huh? If we were to closely examine our lives, look at all the messes that we make, how fearful we are, how fickle and wayward we can, well, if I can just put it bluntly, how dumb we can be, we are sheep. Yeah, sheep, that's about right. <laughs> but thankfully, God sent us a good shepherd, someone who will be gentle with us when we are far from home, someone who will be firm when he needs to be. Doesn't it say everything that God picked shepherds to send the good news of Jesus' birth and that right there should remind us of his shepherd in ways right off the bat. That first Christmas, it was a sign of peace with God for all eternity. And our shepherd, he paid the price for that peace, the highest price. I don't know about you, but this Christmas, it means so much to me that I have a good shepherd.
I want to welcome you to the wonder of Christmas. Last week, we were left wondering, scratching our heads about God's love. How wide, how long, how deep, how high his love was for us. How a baby put in a manger shouted how much God actually loved us. This morning, we continue our series called The Wonder of Christmas, where I'm going to focus on peace. The peace that only a good shepherd can give. (laughs) But I'm jumping a little bit ahead of the story. Let me pray. Our Father, this church continues to celebrate the Christian season, the Christmas season. the, The time, God, where... We look at a little baby in a manger. Lord, would you open our minds today? Would you help us leave today with eyes filled with wonder that we would be amazed and grateful for your mercy? May we receive the power to understand just how much we all need Jesus to bridge the gap between us. Your son Jesus came to earth in order to reconcile sinful man to a holy God, to make peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you for sending Jesus. I also pray this day, Father, that that you would be with your church the church that is all over the world, the church that is meeting together, praising and proclaiming good news, strengthening, equipping. Father, we pray for those churches in our area, churches, Lord, that that are listening to you, that are following you. In particular, Father, we pray for new hope and we pray for Northbridge and we pray for connection. These are all sister churches of ours, Father, and we know that they are faithfully proclaiming your good news. We pray for our church. We thank you for those who have joined us and are able to proclaim and adore you, and listen to you, and follow you. We pray for all those folks who are downstairs, our teachers, our kids, as they're hearing good news, as they're singing to you, Father, and for all the other ministries that meet this week. We are grateful again, God, to be part to be in partnership with you. Lord, this story is old. (laughs) We've heard this story so often. Help us see it different today. We pray that in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Let's listen to a story that changed some shepherds. 
a story that I think actually can change you and me forever. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. If not, you can follow along on the screen. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby, lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. There was a lot happening in and around Bethlehem at this time. In the culture, in the first century, it was a time of relative world peace. In history, Rome had kind of blanketed the area, and there was this peace, at least from war. But a sentence was ordered, which forced a frenzied movement all over the Roman Empire. Israel was just one land that Rome had conquered and occupied. The Jews had been waiting for their savior. They've been tired of the oppression. God promised them a Messiah that would come from the tribe of Judah and the family of David. Israel was hoping for a political Messiah to bring peace and economic stability. God's plans were different. He sent a Savior who would give their souls peace. Many of the Jews at this time had felt abandoned by God. It seemed like God was missing in action. The last known prophet had been dead for about 400 years. It was during this time that God chose to send, to give his son, the promised Messiah, to be born of a teenage virgin in a stable. Again, this was prophesied 700 years before the manger. 
In Isaiah chapter 7, the prophet writes this, that a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This prophecy was mostly forgotten as the spiritual temperature of Israel was quite low and life was pretty busy. It's amazing how much we miss when our spiritual temperatures are low, when we're going just through the motions and life gets busy. So a young couple making their way to Bethlehem and giving birth to their firstborn in a stable didn't even make the headlines. Most didn't recognize the significance of his birth or this birth, including some local shepherds. But this was all about to change. An angel of the Lord appears to some local shepherds, and the radiance of God's glory surrounds them. This normal during this night quickly left. When the light, when the sky lit up and the angels spoke. You can imagine, don't be afraid. How many times have you said that to your kids? How many times have you heard those words to you? Sometimes it brings comfort. Most of the time you're going like, hey, wait a minute, I'm afraid for a reason. Do you think you just talking here saying don't be afraid is going to work? Come on. How often does the light blaze out in the sun or in the sky? This is a little bit scary. And then they heard, I bring you good news that will bring joy to all people. Not only you, but to everyone. The good news is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born in Bethlehem today. Now, the scriptures don't give us a perfect timeline here, but it almost seems that next sense just comes along. And before the shepherds could even catch their breath, a host of angels, not just one, appear praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Can you picture this? Angels fill the festive heavenlies, praising God, magnifying God, glorifying God, basically saying, God, you are awesome. But more than that, to us it seems like the words are a little awkward. I think what they're really saying is, wow, wow, you are amazing, God. We can't believe it, the angels are saying. Peace between God and man is now possible? Oh. Let's backtrack just a bit and catch our breath and try to understand what just happened. First of all, the good news was told to shepherds. 
You know, in all of our Christmas pageants, in all of our plays, shepherds always look good. They're clean. They have these nice white bathrobes, right? There's a little sparkle on them. They're cute. And they always catch our attention. But in the first century, (laughs) it was just the opposite. It was usually not a sought-after vocation. In other words, you would talk to young people. You'd say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or something like that. You probably didn't hear. (laughs) Shepherd! Shepherd, that's what I want to be. Shepherd is so cool. You get to spend all your days with sheep. You don't get to shower. You're kind of like the low end on the social scale. Whoa, that's what I want to be. Let's all sign up, shepherds. Well, shepherds really were on the lower end of the social economic ladder. But God, in his plan, he didn't give this message to kings. He didn't give this message to aristocrats. He gave this message to a group of normal people, even folks that might be a little bit lower on the social scale. God is saying the good news is for everyone. And and this is good news. And I want to give it to this group of people. Secondly, he said, don't let the lights or the messengers blind you to the message. The Messiah has come. The promised one is right here in Bethlehem. You are going to find the long-awaited Messiah in a stable lying in a manger. Now to us, we've heard the story. We even know some of the background. But to a Jew who has been waiting for centuries for their Savior, for their Messiah, for someone to come and rule and reign and bring about Peace and prosperity. (laughs) Yes. The shepherds hear this. He's here. The The Messiah is here right now in Jerusalem. The Messiah that we've been waiting for. And then the next words. Yes. Um you you'll find him in Bethlehem. He'll um be in a stable. And he'll be lying in a feeding trough. Wow. That would be shocking. Maybe that's why all the lights, that's why the sky was lit up. Maybe that's why so many angels were there. Maybe God needed to make a statement. Because any Jew who heard this, They might have zoned out at this time. Are you kidding? 
I've been waiting centuries for this, and this is the news that you give me? Now, thirdly, thirdly and most importantly, because the Messiah is here, God is glorified, and peace with God is available. The message I just gave you will change lives. God will receive just great glory and peace with God is available right now, not only to you, but to everyone. There are some different ways that this text actually can be translated. But the crux of the message is this. Peace that results from salvation is now available. A gracious God to those who are objects of God's goodwill, objects of God's mercy. I'm not sure you remember this story, but this message continued certainly into all of the New Testament. In Acts chapter 10, remember the book of Acts is a letter that explains to us, it's a history of explains to us how really God moved how the church was birthed and how it spread not only from Jerusalem and Judea, but into all the world and how this good news just literally changed people's lives over and over and over. Well, the message first came to the Jews. And we see that really in the first seven chapters of Acts. And churches are started. And Jews are coming and responding to the good news. Then the scripture tells us that this good news goes out to a people group called the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. And what God again is trying to say, hey, these Samaritans, at least to a Jew, they didn't really hang out too much with them. They were sort of considered um, half-breeds, to put it kindly. They were part Jewish and part Gentile. But God reveals that this good news was for Samaritans also in Acts chapter 8. And then we get to Acts chapter 10. And this is such a special chapter. And what happens here is that Peter, one of the leaders of the early church, a Jew, gets a vision. And God says, hey, I want you to go to Cornelius' house. I want you to go to a Gentile's house. And I want you to let him know that the good news, that the gospel is available now to Gentiles, to the whole world, not only to the Jews, not only the Samaritans, but the good news is available to Gentiles. And so Peter listens. It, it takes him a, while, a little while to listen, if you know the story. But he does eventually listen. And he finally gets to Cornelius' house. And he meets Cornelius. And him and Peter, just even going into the house, took great faith. But in Acts chapter 10, starting at verse 34, Cornelius says, hey, hey Peter, you're here. 
what, why are you here? Tell me, I, I, I know that you're here for a good reason. And Peter replies, he says, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism in every nation. This was hard for Peter to say. He was just learning this. The Messiah wasn't just for the Jews. But in every nation, God accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is Peter saying. This is the message of good news. All right. For the people of Israel. And really for all. And this is what he says. That there is Peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. It is so interesting, the very opportunity he gets to be able to share the good news, share what is so amazing. He just says, I just want you to know, peace is available for you. You can be reconciled to God. You are apart from God. The Jews were apart. The Samaritans were apart. Gentiles are apart. But the good news, the message that was given to the shepherds is that you can have peace with God because of Jesus who is laying in a manger who will eventually make himself available to a relentless and ruthless mob where he will stretch his arms and his blood will drip and he will pay for your debt and my debt so that we can have peace with God. You see, the Messiah's coming means we have peace with God. We can be reconciled to God. In our culture, so many times, the word reconcile is used when we speak of broken marriages. And, and that's a good word. It, it helps us understand that there was a relationship, a commitment. But for some reason... The two have separated. The two don't see eye to eye. And the loved ones are gathering and praying and trusting. Will they be reconciled? Will they be brought back together? Will there be peace established again between them? That happens in any relationship, honestly. But one of the things I think the enemy loves to do, one of the enemy's strategies is to blur how heinous sin is. And that a broken relationship with God or a casual relationship with God is actually okay. Hey, if you just hang out with God for the majority of the time, or hey, if you, you know... Sin isn't that bad. And really, and so the enemy fills us with these lies. But the scriptures tell us clearly that God is holy. We have a tough time understanding that. Most of our lives, we've all been well graded on the curve, which I'm very grateful for. 
all right? So that, that I didn't really have to get 95s to get an A. In fact, I didn't get many of those A's. But whatever the standard was, all right? And, and so, yeah, you can miss, you can do this, you can still do well in school. But God doesn't do the curve thing. We don't understand this. Not that God is, well, kind of a jerk. Oh, come on. Can't you let some things go? Actually not. God is holy. God is perfect. He cannot coexist with sin. And although God set up the original couple really well in the garden, where they had perfect fellowship, how cool is that? Intimacy with each other, intimacy with God. And God says, hey, one thing, don't eat from one tree. That's it. Well, they ate from the one tree. Their relationship went south. It caused a rift, a gap, a break in relationship. And this rift we inherited, and actually we choose. We like doing life and living life apart from God because sometimes we listen to the enemy thinking, again, that we are smarter than God. Now, the good news that was proclaimed to the shepherds. Peace or reconciliation is available through Jesus. That's why he came. That's why the angels were praising God. That's why the angels were literally amazed. That's why the angels wanted to come and share with the shepherds. You see, reconciliation or peace is the healing of estrangement caused by human evil. We cannot experience abundant living now or a fruitful life apart from God. So God offers us a relationship. You can have peace. There can be reconciliation. You are apart from me, but we can have life and do life together. In 2 Corinthians, the apostle Paul writes in chapter 5, verses 19, and then I jump to 21. But this is what Paul writes. For God was in Christ, reconciling, making peace, the world to himself. He no longer counting people's sins against them. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be our offering for our sin, so that we could be made right, or we could have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to jump over to Colossians chapter 1. And to be quite honest, it just should almost blow your mind what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Colossae. Chapter 1, starting at verse 19. Again, just try to picture this. Try to picture what God is saying. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything. Everything to himself. 
He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross because Jesus died the perfect sacrifice for us. Now this, Paul writes, includes you who were once far away from God. He is writing to believers. He goes, one time, y'all were apart. (laughs) Now, you have been reconciled. This includes you who were once far away from God. Listen to these words. It, It probably stings. You were, we were his enemies before coming to Jesus. We were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, by our sin. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. We get to hang out with God. We get to fellowship with God. This should absolutely blow your mind. We, everyone who has come to faith, and trusted Christ as Savior, we have an opportunity to hang with God. And listen to this. And you are holy because of your faith and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. It's the only way we get to hang out with God is that we've been justified by our faith through his blood. This was the message of the angels for years and years and years. Well, faithful Jews would get their sins covered through the sacrificial system. And what happened over and over and over again, they're waiting for a savior. They're waiting for a perfect sacrifice. They're waiting for something and someone to be able to come so that they might have peace, that they could have a relationship with God. This is the good news given to the shepherds and to us. This is what rocked their world. They couldn't believe it. Jesus came so that we could have a relationship with God. Now, granted, You need an initial relationship. You need to come to a place in your life where you come to faith and become a son or daughter of God as you put your faith and trust in Christ's work. That makes you a son or a daughter of God. You know, I was explaining this to a young mind this week. And an opportunity to share the good news over and over and over. And I saw his eyes light up. And he says, I want that. Yeah. And this person came to faith. And this person became a son of God. And over and over we started talking about 
Well, what happens when you sin? Uh, I don't lose my salvation. You don't. You break a relationship with God. You need to confess your sin then. But he was so excited that that first idea, I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I get to hang out with God. God is now my friend. God is my friend. I, I mean, I wish I videotaped it, to be quite honest. You know, and he's getting me excited. I go, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, this is good. This is good. This is the good news that we come to faith, we become a son or a daughter of God, and then we can walk with God. And we're going to talk about that shepherd thing in a second. But we get to walk with God. One of my commentators um, wrote, he he said this, the point is rather that through the birth of the Messiah, God extends his favor to people who have done nothing to deserve it. And he graciously grants them peace. Peace expresses the nature of salvation as the restoration of good relationships between God and sinful people. And the consequent reception of his blessings. In reconciliation, in God making peace with us, the sinner stands before God as an enemy and becomes a friend. Peace is made. <laughs> now God's messengers gave shepherds the good news that the Messiah, the good shepherd had arrived. John tells us in John chapter 10 that Jesus himself called himself the good shepherd. A good shepherd that gives up his life for the flock. A good shepherd that is going to walk with the flock. The good shepherd cares for the flock and protects it and provides for it and leads. This is the good news. Those shepherds knew what shepherding was all about. They knew about sheep. They knew they knew they needed to live with these sheep if they were going to get nice and fat and stay healthy. Our good shepherd not only gives us peace with him so that we can be son or daughter, but we can walk with the good shepherd. That's still good news today. The good shepherd has come and that through faith you can be part of his flock, be restored, have peace with him, and do life with him. Tell me, that is amazing. But peace with God does not mean easy street. We all know that, right? Peace with God doesn't mean you're sheltered from Hard days and troubled times. But what what it does mean is this. You have a friend who walks with you through every situation and circumstance. I had another young man catch me just this morning. And he was sharing with me how, how hard life is. And I was able just to, again, 
Look at him. Oh, let me remind you about who your good shepherd is. Let me share with you how much he cares, how much he loves, how much he desires you. Yes, there'll be hard times, but I am your friend. Storms may come, but Jesus is enough. So, so, it really was quite the night. (laughs) It really was. Both for the shepherds and for us. Let's pray. Father, I can't believe I cannot believe how much you love us. I I can't believe we matter that much to you. But Lord, this, this message, which was given to lowly shepherds, that glorifies you, says that we don't have to be enemies anymore. We can be friends. Father, why? We are unfaithful. We don't listen well. We wander. We do our own thing. We refuse food and shelter that you give us. Thinking We're smart sheep. Oh, Father, we're not. We're not. So when the angels sang, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Those shepherds had a drop. Anybody who hears those words and understands that they are so grateful. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.